Our episode tonight is sponsored by the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. During shelter in place, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation is able to provide on-site clinical care for anyone with symptoms of sexually transmitted infections or who might have had exposure to HIV. Learn more about how to receive their services at sfaf.org. My name is Elisa and I am the owner of Ecology Collective. We are a new nonprofit nonprofit that focuses on uh, community-based education, community outreach, and community support, um, especially in themes of sex positivity and uh, kink. Um, we uh, are also the group running the Chase Not Chase. Uh, we also are the people who run the Stampede, the human-animal role-play group in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, yeah, so that's us. Um, if you want any information on us, we're ethologycollective.org. I'm going to go ahead and pass, um, pass things off to Nika Shirelles. Thank you. Thank you, Elisa. Yeah. So much gratitude. Um, thank you, Ethology and the Chase, not Chase, having uh, uh, for having us here this year. I am Nika Shirell. I am the owner of Nika Shirell's and the host of the ItCast Real Talk on Sex. This is our third Ask an Elder panel. We are focusing today on how kink can contribute to a maturing sex life. Um, so as a part of the Chase, we're going to be focusing on this conversation with some sexual health experts who are amazing and phenomenal. And really, this is an opportunity to create an open dialogue across generations to eradicate stigma and shame when it comes to sexuality. Um, so without further ado, I would love to have our panelists go ahead and introduce themselves. Um, let's go ahead and start with Tony. Hi, I'm Tony Bradford. Uh, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm an associate director at the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, where um, harm reduction uh, and sex positive is a way of life for us. Uh, I'm also reaching that age of um, elder uh, and um, also had some health issues. Uh, and I'll talk about that. So a lot of things that are, I have to rework as I get older. but. As I said to the group before, I am not dead, uh, so I'll be having sex so I'm 90. <laughs> and I'll pass it on. Yes, as we uh, all should very well be. Sex does not mm -hmm. die. Oh. Um, Carol, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Carol Queen, and I am uh, the co-founder of the Center for Sex and Culture, which now lives instead of in a space in San Francisco, uh, in the ether, in the in the wind, uh, on the internet sometimes. And so uh, people can uh, check out sexandculture.org. It's not very up to date, but you'll get a sense of what we're up to and we're up to and maybe up to again. Um, I'm also the staff sexologist at Good Vibrations, a job that I have held for 30 years and a little bit. And can I just tell you that uh, being the staff sexologist, actually I've been with Good Vibrations for that long, but I didn't get right. my PhD until the later 90s. <laughs> maybe I haven't been the staff sexologist for more than 23 years. Anyhow, <laughs> it's an amazing place to mm -hmm. learn and teach, to get feedback from people about the, real, the range of 
uh, things that they're interested in. And that was an important place for me to land for a variety of reasons, including that I always had more sexual orientation than I was supposed to have. Mm -hmm. like, like one time I filled out uh, a name tag at San Francisco Sex Information, and there were 14 words on there. Uh, and I just want to say, if you've got more words on your uh, name tag, maybe I'll see you around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love it. This is um, this is powerful. We have some real, real wisdom in the house, and just like a, a breadth of what has happened over the years. Um, so, Wendy Pony, please come and share with us who you are and the perspective that you are bringing to the panel. Hi there, my name is Wendy, Wendy Pony. Um, I'm a cart and show pony, and I've been doing it for many years. Um, that's pretty much it. Oh, and age is ageless for me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so to dive into the questions, and uh, guests, please feel free to post things in the chat. I'll uh, make sure that we get to your questions as we go through the conversation today. Um, the first question for our panelists, how long have you been involved in kink, BDSM, queer, and sex-positive communities? Feel free to dive in, whoever. <laughs> I'm having to calculate it. It's going to take me a couple minutes. I can jump in and start if that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, I have been, I, I, I came out as bi in 1974 and was one of the founders of one of the early uh, LGBT youth groups in the country with my young uh, gay boy pals in <laughs> Oregon. And uh, it wasn't too much after that, within the next five years, that I definitely got interested in kink. I uh, crossed a picket line of like the women's softball team and some other people mm -hmm. uh, to see Story of O when I was in college. <laughs> and oh, I yes, I did. I crossed that picket line. Mm -hmm. and And then it was about five minutes later when I started reading about sex positive feminism and, and um, the sex wars and things like that. So I've been around for low these many years around this stuff. And when I moved to San Francisco, which I did to get my uh, degree in sexology, I had already started to do HIV AIDS organizing and, um, and queer organizing in Eugene when I lived there. But uh, I felt like I wanted to do something professionally that I needed more education. So I came here to, for that. And uh, so in 1987, 88, uh, 89 was the time frame that I was exploring around San Francisco and trying to find the places that I could be learning more, sort of stepping into my next self, all of that. Um, there were things going on in Eugene, but there were more <laughs> things going on here. Can I just tell you, some of you probably just moved here 20 minutes ago for that very reason, <laughs> even though this is not as active a year as the year that I showed up. And um, what I want to say about that is that is that when I got here, there were at least a dozen BDSM organizations, individual ones, ones for the femdoms, ones for the male doms, ones for the boys, ones for the one for the lesbians. I mean, there are just tons and tons of individual organizations and uh, a couple of central ones that sort of kept track of everybody and everybody was welcome there, like the Society of Janus, the oldest, one of the oldest organizations um, anywhere, uh, at least in the US. So 
it's over 30 years for me. And if you count the pestering my girlfriend and trying to get her to <laughs> stuff with me, it's over 40 years. <laughs> I, love well, that. I was one of those people. Uh -oh. <laughs> for me, I got into being a pony on August 15th, 1999. I realized I didn't have to calculate. I just the day. That's a long time. I have, of course, well, been involved a little bit longer, but that's when I started being a pony. All right. Are you complete, Wendy? Am I what? Are you complete? Define complete. Oh, uh, with your. Um, oh, do your I compete? No, no, oh, yeah, I said, are you complete yes, with? Got it. Yeah, I'm done. I can't wait to see you. Um, so I'm sort of a closet newbie at it. Um, and when I think back on some of the conservative relationships I was in, um, a lot of the sex was vanilla. Uh, but there was always sort of uh, uh, that bad boy within, uh, if I want to call it that. So a voyeur, big time. Uh, so a girlfriend... Uh, and she is in, uh, she was a dom. And uh, she told me, um, we used to have conversations about it. Uh, and then I was traveling to um, Washington, D.C. And she told me I should look up Onyx uh, when I'm in town. Uh, so, of course, I was like, ooh. But again, that, that, um, that shiny new um, excitement of finding out something new. Um, fast forward, uh, the last 15 years, I kind of been working on me spiritually and, um, experimenting. And, uh, so, uh, as my body's changed, my mind has changed and I've become freer, uh, I'm looking more into it. And what I think for me, it, it's an enhancement. It's just, I need a little more thinking or a, a little more stimulation. You know, uh, it used to be five minutes, you know, I'm done. Uh, but I think there's such a um, positive thing about, it, it, it's like triple foreplay and you can keep it going and going and add to it. Um, uh, I'm pretty good at role play. <laughs> I was the best top on the 800 number. Uh, so just that kind of thing. And, and uh, one last thing I'll say, uh, Nika uh, invited me to uh, listen to a puppy and a handler. Uh, and I was the, um, the mask and, and everything that goes with it. I was very leery of that because I, I just have some issues with that. But uh, if I like the idea of putting something on and going into, once I thought about it and going into that, that other realm, uh, and that will take you to, uh, uh, relaxing or, or get into character. Um, for me, I think I had some issues with that because I'm like, where am I going? <laughs> I want to be me, but it excited me. Uh, and I, I, I'm like, okay, that's what I need to understand. So you know, take baby steps, um, find out what you, what you like. And, and what I find, I'm finding out is it's so broad. Uh, there's not just, you know, a leather and a harness. First of all, I didn't even know what harnesses were for. I thought they were accoutrements. 
it's they're te they're technical. You got to hold on to something. I didn't know that. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you need help. Hold on. Oh, that's what it was. I just thought they were, you know, fancy bras. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I, I did. I'm like, now I get it. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's so spot on. And I love what you <laughs> pointed to that like sex is more than penetration and mm -hmm. sexuality and intimacy, like triple foreplay. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to hear what are some of the major um, experiences or changes you've seen since getting involved in your communities? Any more people. Not, yeah, not all of them well-trained. They're not well-trained? Not all of the many more people are well-trained. Uh, Could you say more what well-trained looks like? For those of us yeah, who don't good know manners, Good manners, knowing how to interact with people in dungeons and out of dungeons. Fifty Shades of Grey wasn't that bad as people have told me it was because I watched the movie, mm -hmm. but it didn't do that good a job of teaching people how to interact. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think if I can jump in, I think San Francisco were so, we were so spoiled, not spoiled, but uh, uh, we benefited from the variety. Um, and I remember I was out of town and these people were sort of in a, a space and they were giggling and laughing and it totally, you know, if you can't come in and play well with others, then, you know, not to be here. And if they were in the Bay Area, they would have been shocked. <laughs> you know, it, it's just that, that there's so many different places to go. You learn the etiquette and as, as Wendy's saying, you know, I think that's what's missing. And, and of course, when they closed the bathhouses and all the other stuff, and by the way, they were getting ready to uh, make a vote on the bathhouses, Carol, I think if, if you remember, and then COVID-19 <laughs> started. Um, yeah, they were gonna bring them back or start to lift that. And um, that's where I got to see, you know, harnesses and, and swings and, and whatever. And I think that just helped um, me. I'm old enough to remember all the club baths mm. um, in every city. <laughs> I think I visited them. Um, but again, that was your way to fantasize and get away. <laughs> so I think we, this new generation, Wendy, is, is that they don't have that now. So um, I'm hoping it'll come back uh, as soon as COVID-19 is over. Because I think there's there's also a, a section of uh, folks that don't have that option. You know, um, I, I tell my clients all the time when I do a workshop, it's like, you're not dead and you can, you know, you could get out and try some things, you know, don't, don't stay home and, and you know, just, just. Uh, and go, woe is me, you know, you're at the, you're grown now. <laughs> you you're know. an adult, you don't yeah, have exactly, to stay Exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, go watch, go see, you know. Uh, I told Nika when, when uh, we were talking to the puppy and the handler, I'm like, is there a pet store? Like, how do I like get involved? <laughs> I did, I asked that question. Um, but 
those types of, you know, uh, what is it, chrysalis, and did I say it right? You know, uh, places where you go and, and um, uh, learn and, 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 and see and, and be part of. I think, you know, there's a generation that's missing that. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm really hearing um, there's yeah. a lesson in, you mentioned etiquette and also like understanding the culture, mm -hmm. the community, and like what consent looks like. Um, I'm definitely hearing you mention Fifty Shades, and I think everyone in this community has an opinion about the way that Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades portrayed <laughs> us. <laughs> um, and you know, the biggest concern is that people are diving into the community without the education and without the consent parameters to know how to behave. So I'm really hearing that, and I'm hearing um, Wendy that like this isn't something that's necessarily getting better. Well, this consent parameters should have been programmed into them from childhood as part mm -hmm. of the vanilla world. If they just brought vanilla world courtesy with them, they'd already be 90% here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. But the other thing that I think I want to I I call a couple of, of changes uh, based on your original question, Nika, because... Um, I've thought about this a lot lately. Late, I've been th thinking about it a lot for probably 20 years. When I stepped into the community in the 80s, mm -hmm. it was not brand new, but it was a lot newer than it is now. And the, sort of the energy was pretty fresh and there was a strong sense that we had to really get everybody on the page mm -hmm. around consent, negotiation, mm -hmm. information. like. Like you could run around going, yeah, I'm kinky at a party and, mm -hmm. you know, go home with somebody and Lord knows what kind of situation <laughs> you would wind up in. What does that mm -hmm. even mean? It means a million different things, mm -hmm. right? And the, and the whole focus on knowing your own interests, limits, boundaries, the three lists, uh, which um, the very important forebear, Cynthia Slater, one of the founders of one of the, the big cheeses of mm -hmm. <clears throat> Society of Janus from the 70s on uh, until she died in the early 90s of HIV. Um, mm -hmm. She helped bring that to our community and now it's used all over the place, right? So mm -hmm. that was that was huge. And I never, I, I was a college feminist in the 1970s, mm -hmm. and a queer feminist and I never heard the word consent so much mm. until I got to kink parties mm -hmm. and kink kink education contexts. I want to thank the kink world of the 70s and 80s, um, particularly the later 80s when I stepped in because already mm. the whole topic of this panel, that was alive then. The, the you've got HIV, what are you going to do? What, mm -hmm. what is sex now? Mm -hmm. You know, the Surgeon General in the late 80s or very, very early 90s, the Surgeon freaking General <laughs> of the United States sent out a brochure to every, every household in the country. Most of you people weren't probably born yet by, I hope that your mm -hmm. parents saved this brochure so that you could see it, but mm -hmm. I don't know if they did. Mine is somewhere. Um, that told people that they could do kinky play as part of a safer sex strategy. Mm -hmm. Can you even imagine that happening now? We can't mm -hmm. even get, you know, a clear answer about COVID-19. So, mm -hmm. so this was 
a time of real development about what the what the what the info base was, right? What did mm -hmm. everybody need to know when they stepped in the door? Yep. If they didn't already know it and they, you know, vanilla, vanilla world hadn't taught them to be polite human beings, how could we, how could we open those doors for people? So there's that piece that shifted, that began to shift. And ultimately I would ar argue shifted radically mm -hmm. when our play went online, mm -hmm. when we could, start to identify as however we did and never see another human being in meat space and negotiate a scene with them there. We mm -hmm. could, it was amazing because we could be anywhere. We could be anyone, but mm -hmm. it was also a place where people who had never learned the ropes, whether or not ropes <laughs> were your thing, <laughs> could, um, could just basically step in you know, become Sir Domly Dom or whoever they were. Mm -hmm. And then when they did get into a room, you really had to check to see if they knew how to tie the freaking knots without cutting off mm -hmm. your, your neurology, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was a thing. And, and it, in some ways, it kind of set a stage for Fifty Shades. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Fifty Shades is that by the time that showed up and sort of turned people on to some new ideas about eroticism, Nothing wrong with that. I've been writing smut for mm -hmm. you know, decades, oh. right? But, but I've been I reading want, it. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. I want, and mm -hmm. as 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 I, I I looked to Pat then Patrick Califia before me for smut that was hot and had information mm -hmm. built into it about ways to play that were real, and you could you could pay attention to and learn something in the same way that people look, you know, to, to porn for information. And sometimes mm -hmm. you get information and sometimes you don't get good information mm -hmm. in that context. Cause that's not why it was made in the first place. So girlfriend made a lot of money over there <laughs> pretending <laughs> that it was a good idea to use zip ties when you did your bondage. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> get it? It is fun, but no, it's dangerous. It's fun, but you have to be super careful. And that's mm -hmm. a, and if you know to be super careful and you know what that means, mm -hmm. please go tie everyone up in zip ties. I, I'm good with that. I'm not good with people being opened a door to ideas that never comes, never comes with the idea that there is a knowledge base. I'm a mm -hmm. geek. I like the knowledge base. And I want everybody to like it. Mm -hmm. It's hot. And so that was that was long story short for your mm -hmm. your question, Nika. But it's such <laughs> a good question. Thank yeah. you for for bearing with me there. Absolutely. Although That's I kind of ranted. I <laughs> <laughs> was incredible. I'm like, are you serious? There was a, a I I'm a sex nerd. I was the queen of pamphlets. Mm -hmm. In the eighth grade, I had like a stack this thick. Yeah. <laughs> no. Everything you could know. And I have never seen that pamphlet. Like yeah. in terms of safer sex opportunities and practices and mm -hmm. all the other things you could do. Oh, yeah. Google it. See, Everett Koop oh. was the Surgeon General. He looked like the Kentucky Fried Chicken Man. Yeah. The kind of sex advice. You can't, make, you can't make any of this stuff up. No. And uh, what Carol said too, I was a master trainer, uh, or still is. Uh, so I traveled to the United States teaching classes and teaching safe sex and uh, consent if you're uh, HIV positive and the disclosure. Uh, 
And again, there were certain communities that I could, uh, their health department, I couldn't say penis and I couldn't say, right. you know, all the, you know, I, I said them anyway. Um, but it's, uh, we always talked about, I am unapologetically, you know, uh, uh, I still have to do this in my community because of the stigma and, you know, the closeted, you know, the behind the scenes. And you are allowed to do these things safely, you know, try something new, you know, and, and, you know, it was amazing how people, you know, I gave them the permission to think outside the, you know, the box and just trying to keep yourself, uh, keep yourself safe. Um, and I, I think we don't have a lot of that now. Um, I was managing one of the young programs that are the youthful program at the ACE Foundation. And these 18, 19, 20-year-olds didn't even know where babies came from because they opted out of the health class. Mm. You know, I remember when that video came on, I, I was not taking my shoes off because there were ringworms, you know, everywhere. Well, you know, these young folks don't even have the basics anymore because, you know, and, and so they're coming out even more um, uh, raw and not knowing exactly what to do. They um, don't know that the stork brings babies? <laughs> well. There's been 30 years plus of, yeah. of tearing down our sex education mm -hmm. in this country. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't wanna, do I wanna get all political? Maybe I do. You knew I was going there with that. I, yeah, you know, no, I agree. That's been, it's been strategic. It's been part of a lot of other policies and things. We could think of them, but that's not what the yep. panel's about. So let me just leave it there. But to say that this is not an accident that a lot of people don't have much uh, um, access to the idea that there mm -hmm. are lots of other erotic things that they could build right. in to make a satisfying and a safe sex life. And now again, it's it's super important for everyone mm -hmm. now that COVID is in some ways mm -hmm. a sexually transmitted infection, right? Mm -hmm. I, I had a hero when I stepped into the scene in San Francisco, Stephen Brown. He was a sex surrogate um, a bisexual man. Oh, um, I remember the, the surrogate. Yeah, had a fierce uh, one of the fierce uh, bi uh, role models. Uh, that there weren't that many, but there were more in San Francisco than there were in Eugene. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and Stephen Brown, because he was a surrogate, which in in case anybody here doesn't know that, that means they are the person that works with mm -hmm. a person who needs sex therapy live in person, going through mm -hmm. exercises sometimes all the way up to and including um, full on full body sex, right? And there's a therapist who takes notes. You know, they report back to a therapist, and the therapist oversees. But Stephen was Stephen was that guy, and he mm -hmm. used to say, if there is only one thing that gets me off and I have to stop doing it because it's not safe, mm -hmm. then my world is kind of shattered sexually, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's mm -hmm. bad. If I have 129 things that get me off, I'm not in as rough shape at all <laughs> if that one or two things are mm -hmm. things that I need to stop doing. And honestly, when we talk about kink, right. you know, you can, you can add some stuff to your sex life without ever getting into mm -hmm. kink. But if you start adding things to your sex life, chances are fair you're still going to start getting curious about kink mm -hmm. because the opening of the door and the stepping across the boundary 
That's a really important space for people to be able to access. I would guess that most of the people on the, on the, uh, here in the, on the panel, but also here in the room, mm -hmm. um, already know that, right? Have had experienced that in one or more ways, but it's, it's such an important thing to give mm -hmm. others access to that which the bigger culture didn't want them mm -hmm. to be able to get. That's why I liked getting hold of the, uh, what is it, the Kama Sutra with 49 positions. Oh my God. And then I realized after that, I go, wait, <laughs> I have over 10 million positions. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah, uh, we All have right. a comment from the audience uh, from Irish. That's hey, why I've Irish. raised my sorry. That's why I've always raised my son with sexual education as a progression. He is yep. seventeen now and exploring his own sexuality, and I'm proud to say he is being safe. At least I hope he is. He has the tool. Yeah. Um, and and thank you for saying that, uh, Irish, because uh, also I I dole out condoms everywhere where I'm at. And I get uh, young parents or parents of young youngsters. Oh no, he doesn't need them. And I'm like, he needs to practice. <laughs> you take them home and let him try them on. We were taught, did you put it in your wallet? And then what? You got change? You know, then you you know you put it on after you know you you fumble and whatever. And when I say that to parents, they're like, oh yeah, put a bowl. You know, put them on the cocktail table. Let him try the different colors and sizes and find out which one he likes. And then uh, for the women, sometimes they come by and they, oh, I don't need any condoms. Yeah, how about put them on your toys? Yours is, <laughs> your friends are, you are blue. Right. Uh, or, or if you I'm giving it to you free, right. So think past the, uh, just putting it on to stop a pregnant, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that, that simple one. And then the last thing I said to the parent, I said, Anne, your sheets will be nicer. <laughs> she died. I'm like, oh, you throw right. it away, it's done. That's right. <laughs> but oh, I have to talk like that. And you, it's, I, I love doing that because you, you like, uh, oh, it's kind of what Carol was saying. You just stimulate another way of thinking and that traditional closed way it, 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 there's more to it. And, and I love Iris. Thank you that, you know, you have a healthy son that is going to, you know, fill himself out. <laughs> and, and so he knows. And when he gets to a partner, you know, cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> How did I learn that one? Because so many relationships, oh, you didn't do this and you didn't blow up my ear and you didn't do that. No, no, no. I am not responsible for your, uh, your pleasure. Get your own, you know, I was so. lucky enough to have my parents teach the same way that Irish mentioned, progression over time. Sometimes a little earlier than I could understand, but they taught me early on things like they didn't teach the stork thing. They actually explained that the seed would come out of father's body and go to the mother, mm -hmm. and that's where the babies came from. But they didn't give a context, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out, so how does the seed find mom? Because I'm imagining it coming out and floating around for a while in the air trying to find her all of them. There must be a, there must be a biomedic metric somewhere I don't understand here. That came later. <laughs> oh, I love this. I, um, I shared one time that I use condoms more than I use dick. Like, they mm -hmm. just, they're, they're valuable and they're useful. And you want to make sure that things stay clean and safe. 
Um, another comment from Irish. Uh, my son is trans, so we had other talks. Sorry, I think that says son. Um, we had other talks about making sure he had one for himself, for partners, just mm -hmm. in case his partner forgets one. Yeah. Um, so, okay, um, one of the things I want to talk about on this panel, since we have uh, all of you amazing minds here, what are some norms and stereotypes that people have about sex and aging? Did we stop after a certain age? <laughs> the obvious oh, one? Not here. You see me fuming. <laughs> Get hot. Well, I'll start, because you know I got my, first of all, the medical um, <laughs> industry, um, so I, you know, as, as, excuse me, as the doctor said, decades of use, um, <laughs> I love that one. I almost killed it. Good. Um, I had kidney stones and then my kidney stones turned into, uh, uh, my PSA level was high. Then I had a biopsy and, and, uh, a small amount of cancer in my prostate. Uh, luckily I'm, I'm cancer free. Um, but my urologist. Uh, as he was, uh, and he's the one that, I got jewelry, by the way, so that's for those of you who know what that is. Um, <laughs> he's talking to me, and then he says to me, well, your penis is on vacation. And I'm like, well, I don't know about you, but mine is going to Ibiza, and <laughs> I'm going to hang out with some young folks. Uh, then he gave me a, um, a questionnaire, and it was all about erection do I need Viagra to stick it into something? Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you, you gotta have another uh, survey. I, 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 this doesn't relate to me. Like I don't, you know, there's other, we, other things to do, you know, besides, you know, getting it hard and sticking it in something. So the biggest thing uh, is the frustration from him at my age thinking, you know, I could, I just need to rest. You know, and when you're going through some medical things, uh, you're going to try it out. Okay, I might have been glowing in the dark with radiation, <laughs> but I'm, I had to make sure it worked. You know, so all those, those things that, you know, you do at home by yourself to make sure you're working, he was telling me not to do it. And, that, and, and it was more for my, from, uh, about my age than the technique, well, you know, uh, uh, of me doing it. The second person who, doctor, um, so I have a fib or, uh, you know, a little issue. Um, and the first uh, 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 heart doctor, um, my orgasm, I had a hard time mm -hmm. shooting. <laughs> and um, nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. And so she said to me, in, and, you know, before I had my ablation, uh, she goes, and I'll take care of that. And that was the first time that a doctor real, uh, you know, realized what uh, was happening. So I have uh, another episode of AFib. This current um, doctor, um, I sent her a text like, hey, I'm having a little problem with my orgasm. And she's like, well, you should see your general doctor. I'm like, okay, see, you don't know men, you know, either she doesn't know how the pipes all work, but those conversations about uh, your, your anatomy, and if I wasn't proactive about it, um, I would have been sitting at home, you know, uh, with it on the floor. And uh, I went to also like a, a, a class, uh, you have to go for like a heart school, 
And I looked around the room and I was like, I am not these people. And, but I saw so many people and their friends and family enabling them. Mm. And I'm like, you are not, you know, somebody told you that, okay, you're old and you got to sit still, whatever. I'm like, no, you know, so I always had a goal and I'm like, no, I'm going to get better. And the pipes are going to work again. Mm. But there were so many people that they just decided, oh, I'm done. You know, uh, I, I got to, how am I ever going to please my wife? And how am I ever going to, you know, no, you figure out how, how it's going to work. And um, I, I saw that firsthand that society and doctors and whatever, they don't want to talk about the sex part. Um, as you get older, that, no, no, you shouldn't be coming. I've been coming since I was 13. <laughs> and I'm not going to stop. So, um, again, I go back to just being proactive. And back to, uh, so now I'm a poster boy for prostate cancer. And this is where I need to talk to all the brothers and sisters. Uh, not well, brothers. Well, no, the sisters too, because uh, they need to tell the brothers to go. Mm -hmm. If, first of all, Find out where your prostate is. Nobody knew what it is. And urgent care is not a doctor. Yeah. Uh, so just that basic, uh, uh, I tell my nephew and nieces, get, uh, my nephews, excuse me, get a PSA test. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, have you had blood work? So there's so many things that uh, men are, uh, 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 I'm finding out now. And they're just not discussing it. And so now I got so many people from high school when they found out that I had prostate cancer, they're, you know, confessing or they're going through it now. Mm -hmm. And you, the early signs, then uh, you need to figure out. And this goes back to cock rings and, you know, rawhide and tying it up. And, and you know, uh, so I, I wish, <laughs> Carol, I wish I was like, I, I want to go on tour. And like, you know, teach uh, uh, guys how to, you know, you ain't going to sling it like you used to, you know. So how do you, so you got to figure out what is it going to do for you and what you actually can do. And there are so many things to add, like the, uh, and for those of you who just came on, there is a voice activated butt plug. <laughs> I got that in my email from one of the sex sites. You tell it. Harder, harder, <laughs> and it starts vibrating. That is cutting edge, you know. So, you know, there's things you might need to lift you or move, and and I think uh, you you have to research that and don't uh, don't settle. I guess is what I'm trying to say. That you know, if somebody tells you you're, you know, oh, you have this and you have that. Well, you're gonna get through it, and you figure it out. Yeah, I'm really glad you said don't settle. Because <laughs> right. I mean that it, mm -hmm. that just speaks to that speaks to the myth about well you're 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 older it's going to stop it soon anyway. <laughs> which is linked up with uh, mm -hmm. you're older and one of the reasons it's going to stop soon is that you're not in the attractive zone anymore. Would <laughs> right that, look at her face. I love that, it. Yes, that's. I mean that's, that's exactly. so. That's how That's I felt. Right. So wrong mm -hmm. to, to to put that. You know, I my my partner Robert is a is a disabled man. He doesn't have HIV, but mm -hmm. he got um, permanently disabled with a chronic pain condition mm -hmm. during a time 
when it was pretty common still for the guys with canes looking mm -hmm. a little thin in the Castro to just mm -hmm. be ignored like they mm -hmm. were ghosts. And he started to feel some of that, mm -hmm. you know, we're just looking right over you. And that is, that, you know, that was exacerbated yep. by HIV, of course, but it's garden variety ageism is what mm -hmm. it is. And, and ageism you know, linked up with yep. worry about well-being and disease and health and all that stuff, mm -hmm. even, even more so probably. But, mm -hmm. but there are plenty of people who, as you said earlier, just don't give up and don't have right. any intention of giving no. up. I mean, I feel like right. one of the things that <laughs> right. one of the things mm -hmm. that I really want to follow up what mm -hmm. you said, Tony, is that you know people think that they go to the doctor if they have a thing with their body that is a thing, mm -hmm. or they need some advice, or they need some help, mm -hmm. or whatever. If it's a sex and pleasure related thing, mm -hmm. much less a kink related thing, the doctor has almost certainly not learned very much about it. Right. Doctor school doesn't include mm -hmm. very much sex ed education. Yeah. And what it does is mostly about reproductive anatomy, which mm -hmm. is relevant to playing with your reproductive anatomy. I realize that whether or not you ever reproduce, mm -hmm. but it isn't about the kinds of knowledge that we right. assume that doctors might have. So I'm, right. not, I'm not surprised that you've had these experiences. But I'm <laughs> right. Because so many of us have had, my, my partner had a little fisting accident once in the 1980s. <laughs> you should have seen how the doctors dealt with him. Like a doctor standing there staring at him going, you can't do that. When he explained mm -hmm. what had happened, like, like the, the idea that this was not possible. Yeah. Somebody take those doctors to a continuing ad <laughs> that actually specifies some things that we all know exactly. either via our own bodies or from friends right. who are playful and share with us what kinds of things that they have experienced. Because the one mm -hmm. thing I can say about our communities, both sex positive and king, mm -hmm. is that, again, once you step over a threshold into, a, into these yeah. communities, you can start to hear other people's experience and learn mm -hmm. a lot not just about what happened when they did what whatever that was, but also right. the, the 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 million ways that there might mm -hmm. be to have some fun. And the, the danger that I think we run yep. is to think that one person's experience is all person's experience, because mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. No. Once we get that figured out, then yep. we can start using our negotiation skills and right. then we're off to the races. As and I and if I can add Carol, I have a friend <laughs> he is going to lose his prostate. So he was ready, you know, oh, I'm calling all the family and well, I'm never going to be intimate with my wife again. I'm like, you have to expand now. How, yeah. What does that look like? You know, and you can't just say, okay, you just get on top and uh, I'll go to sleep. No, you know, you, you, and you can't work like you were 22. How do you enjoy it together? And, and still, uh, uh, you know, uh, make things work. So it's not a death sentence. And I think that whole, and especially for brothers, uh, you know, and, our, and, and I'll speak for the men, the men of color I know, you know, it's your, it's your calling card, you know, when you can't perform anymore. And I, <laughs> I remember working for the men's group at church and I'm like, have you ever tried a cock ring? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, 
uh, either you go to the store, the sex store, or rawhide or work. And I'm like, you need help. <laughs> you, you need some blood up in there, you know? It, 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 it just, you know, and I'm, you know, the minister came up to me. She goes, you're talking about cock rings at church? I'm like, well, I needed to know. But something that simple uh, that, you know, guys don't know. And you need to know stuff like that before you go and have an operation, number one, too. That I've had friends who do that. And you're, you're damaged or you're cut. Uh, and you can't, you know, perform. So there's so many options. And I think the pleasure and the kink, uh, that just expands your, your, your menu of uh, the pleasurable things. And the I'm just thinking, and you bring in somebody you love? I mean, that's just, that's icing on the cake. You know, uh, one of my fantasies was, you know, I'm a couple. We just sit and watch. <laughs> yeah, popcorn, you know? <laughs> Well, we've been calling it play for a long time, oh, both in right. the BDSM kink world and, mm -hmm. and in the, the frisky, the frisky vanilla with mm -hmm. maybe some cherries on top world, right? And, and it's, it's not an accident that that term got, got embraced because mm -hmm. the idea that you're using your creativity and mm -hmm. going for some fun stuff with yourself or somebody else, mm -hmm. You know that when we when we get rolling in a scene, mm -hmm. the creativity comes in and is what really you know enlivens it, it up. It, it lights it off. And mm -hmm. if you can't feel creative about well yeah. anything, but about your sexuality, mm -hmm. then you you do fall in a rut, right? And I think oh. that, that that regardless of whether we're speaking to people who who identify around kink or ever will the the option for change is what saves people's lives and saves their mm -hmm. sexuality mm -hmm. i love that we're talking more about sexual fluidity in this day and yeah. age but i always try to remind people that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna turn you know bi or non-binary or whatever 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 at midlife if that's not that's not all that it mm -hmm. could refer to. It could refer to the fact that your sex life and your body shifts the messages that it gives you and you need to listen and mm -hmm. follow the path and pay attention to what your body and your mind are saying mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you're both speaking to exactly why I created this panel, this mm -hmm. panel series. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you're not gonna have the same sex at 15 that you are at 35, mm -hmm. 55, 75, it's going to look different. Mm -hmm. It's going to evolve and the you'll the your experience of life will be heightened if you can evolve with it. You know, without buying into the shame, the giving up, mm -hmm. the settling. Um, like those are the conversations. And thank you for shining a light. Like it's really like, are you going mm -hmm. to choose to settle? Because a lot of people do. And you don't have to. No. It's not the only option. Um, we have several comments in the thread. I, <laughs> I try to get to everyone. Woo, we, we lit that one up. <laughs> I'm not even done. Uh, I just wanted to share this one from Irish. Um, mm -hmm. Really powerful. I never knew what ageism was until I met my mm -hmm. fiance, Jim. He has a herniated disc and, it's actu and is actually impatient. Um, 
physical therapy at the moment because his spine mm-hmm. swelled up. I talk to people about it and they assume uh, I'm also his age, but uh, when I'm only th- in my 30s mm-hmm. and then suddenly everyone's like, oh my God, seriously, isn't that gross? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> like, really the age differences in dating, um, what's being spoken to. I'd love to let you all continue. Get mm-hmm. any feedback there. Wendy, if you want to dive in, please feel free. I will jump in with this, with, with just a, <laughs> a thing. I, I hear that. And, yeah. and thinking back since I was, a teenager, I've been hearing mm-hmm. that gross business, and you know, I I I assume it's sort of well, it's freaking ages and mm-hmm. stop. But I think it's also like, oh, I can't go to a sex party where people my parents' age would be or my grandparents' mm-hmm. age would be because that just makes me think of, you know, them having sex, and I can't, I just can't. I'm like, mm-hmm. look. There are an awful lot of people in your parents' <laughs> age range that are not your parents. You know, the, the, this whole idea that there's a, something wrong with imagining another person having pleasure and connection. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that is deep. It's deep and it's not uh, good for us. And it's not good for the, the older people who, you know, feel that coming at us. Mm-hmm. That's rude and awful and inappropriate in many ways um somebody told me recently that i use the word inappropriate so that meant i was judgmental and i was like well once in a while i'm pretty mm-hmm. non-judgmental most days but there are things that i i don't know just set me off so mm-hmm. but then also those people are going to carry that mm-hmm. they're going to turn a year and it's going to start to screw them up Mm-hmm. whether it's screwing them up actively when they're young i mean it's keeping them from having some awesome dates with some hot people who are older mm-hmm. than them right but 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 eventually they are going to fall into that pit mm-hmm. and they probably won't know how to get out if they never ask themselves why do i believe this mm-hmm. i remember being a kid and sitting with my best friend i must have been 10 maybe maybe 9 thinking like my sex life hadn't even started yet. And we were discussing when it was going to be over. And I decided it was probably going to be, oh, I don't know, about 40. That seemed pretty old. <laughs> Sorry, everybody who's over 40. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that anymore. I came to San Francisco, went yeah. to kink parties, and I saw people my grandparents' age leathered up, fishnetted mm-hmm. up, all, you know, collared this and that, doing some things that I was like, what are they doing? And mm-hmm. I might add, doing them well, because they'd been practicing for a while in places. <laughs> and it changed what I thought was possible mm-hmm. for me in a way that's so profound, I can barely even articulate it. I'll just, I'll just leave it with that short statement, but mm-hmm. just let me, let me assure you that it meant so much to me to get Mm -hmm. that there wasn't a stale date there wasn't an end date Mm -hmm. I was who I was in a on a on a path that those people had been on since long before I was there Mm -hmm. and that gave me so much courage and space Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really, you know, we're not all going to parties right now, but I really encourage people to kind of meditate on that because mm-hmm. it made such a difference for me. And we were talking about the age difference problem in the panel yesterday too. And it still exists, of course, and it's really annoying for both the older and the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have pointed out to people occasionally, especially the younger ones who are being um, ageist, as you would say, I mm-hmm. look at them kind of funny and say, you do know that time is coming after your sorry ass too, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And you better have oil valet ready. (laughs) Um, I I think for me, I was so fortunate to (laughs) date older men or, um, and I looked even 10 when I was in my 20s. But um, those lovers just showed me so much and expanded. And I I was telling my, uh, I had a younger friend over uh, for dinner last night. And I said, well, yeah, one of my older uh, boyfriends put a floor-length mirror in the kitchen and boiled olive oil on the floor, and we went at it. And he was like, what? I'm like, that was the hottest damn thing. <laughs> you know, you figure stuff out, you know, and it it just, you know, and, and, and when you get with people like that to let you expand and go get, uh, uh, go through, you know, oh, it's, I'm going to get dirty or it's messy or I got to clean it up, you know, then you just open yourself up. And, and, and uh, what also uh, Carol was saying about uh, fluid. And I remember uh, also in my 20s, I was in New York. And, you, you know, first of all, in the bathroom, the girls' bathroom, we were all sharing it before they were same-sex bathrooms. But there were women and then there were men and there were men and women. And you you felt something. And I always said, HIV kind of stopped that. Um, But I remember being attracted to so many different uh, people and I loved it, you know, and I just, there was a freeness about it. Um, I remember as a a kid, when I'd feel that, 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 that energy, and I always thought, oh, they're going to beat me up. No, they wanted to fuck me. (laughs) And I didn't understand that. You know, I was like, oh, I'm scared. And I'm like, I missed out on so much because I I didn't understand the energy uh, that was going on. And that's what I I, I wanted to say. The energy is so, I, I learned that at a, such an early age. And when you try to explain that to someone, and, and I know all of you, just, just whatever you're doing, you know, like uh, Wendy, and you know there's energy when, when that happens. Um, I, I tell somebody, I'm like, I want to feel you, you know, I want to feel that, that passing of energy. And, um, this last guy I dated, he didn't get it. And I'm like, okay, I can't teach you that. You have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something, you know, you, you might get a, a few five minutes of, oh, oh, that was good. But did you really feel it? You know, you just went through the motion. So, uh, if I can teach, which I know they have classes, uh, to get you in touch with your energy and and knowing who you are, and um, I I just think it's so hot to just stand there and and just feel that person's energy. You don't even have to say anything, you know, and that just wrecks me. Um, so I think I feel I feel wonderful that I had that experience, and if I can let people, you know, 
uh, crack open whatever is holding it back. And uh, again, we, we talked about it. It's that, that old traditional stuff or, you know, somebody else's angst about it. Um, and what I do love is, you know, how the younger folks are, they're in a puppy pile, <laughs> you know, and you're laying on each other and, and whatever. It's when the parents or some adult tells them, oh, don't do that. You know, that's, you know, that's sex. It's like, no, that ain't sex. We're just touching. And so when you start to learn your touch and your feel, um, and women taught me that, a, a few women, as I was uh, confused, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I, I, I knew what the hell I was doing. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I might be gay. You want to try, <laughs> try to turn me? But uh, <laughs> I did. I went through that phase. Um, but I had a girlfriend and a boyfriend at the same time. And uh, I, I, there was a difference. And I always tell other gay men, dating a woman is so different energy-wise than being with a man. I said, that's, you know, besides the mechanics, uh, I said, there's, there's such a difference. And uh, I said, if you, you haven't experienced it, you, you wouldn't know. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I'm glad I got to have part of that. But I think that energy and exchange, uh, there's something, and I don't want to get in bashing millennials or, you know, in the computer uh, or, or just the disconnect, I, I think uh, is what's missing. Uh, but I shut up. <laughs> um thank you um you know just getting in and touching on play and creativity mm -hmm. and ways to really like build in new relationships with what we have in sexuality it's so huge um it reminds me uh one of my most inspirational moments i think i was like 14 and i was mm -hmm. talking to my older stepsister who lived in a, a nursing home she was older she'd gone blind and she told me about this boyfriend that she had in the nursing home. And he was a paraplegic and he couldn't get an erection, but he could still have orgasms. And she was so excited. She was like, no, this is, it's so great. And they had a great little relationship. And the fact that she was like telling me about these experiences and like what's available no matter where you are in time and life in your body, like the body doesn't quit. Um, Ethology Collective mentioned that when it comes to play, um, uh, she's a teacher, they're a teacher and they see it in kids all the time. Um, they get the same joy as adults get when they're allowing themselves to play sexually. Um, and then another comment from Irish, uh, sex just seems to get better as we get older. So very real. Um, you all perfectly segued into my next question, which is what are some gender and sexuality based assumptions that you have personally dealt with? Hmm. Who would like to share first? Well, I'll, 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 and there's just, uh, there was a friend I, I played with. And again, that uh, if you're a man taking on a feminine role, uh, that there's, that's a bad thing. So this guy, uh, had prostate cancer, so, uh, he didn't, uh, orgasm normally, but he said, Hey, you know, do you want to play with me? And I'm like, sure. Bring your little bag. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm game. Well, he turns into Susan and, uh, you know, 
it, it was just that taboo of it. And I had the dildo in my hand and I, you know, went to rub in Kimmy Susan, you know, and I had him so worked up and it was the first time he had, you know, a, an internal organ, orgasm when we were together. And I was like, wow, that was good. He goes, you were good at the role play. So again, it's, it's, you know, it, even if you go for the taboo or, but he loved being talked to that way. And uh, you, 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 you get away from the uh, sadness of it. But then on the other hand, probably that taboo part, I think is what really turned him on. Uh, but find out what your, what your, your, your niche is and don't be embarrassed. You know, uh, uh, I, I just thought it was the hottest thing, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm good at this role play stuff. Um, but it got me off watching him get off also. So that was another thing I've learned. Uh, we're so like, well, I didn't come, you know, uh, but you enjoy the process and how it blossomed. Look at me. I'm like, <laughs> it's shooting. <laughs> right. Ooh. Um, uh, and it made me, when I masturbated, you know, two days later, and I thought about it, I was like, you know, then that, that was my pleasure. And um, I always tell, like, when I first date somebody, I, I can't orgasm when I first have sex with you, because I got to think about it. <laughs> I got to want to have sex with you again. And I got to see, you know, I'm like, okay, that was cute. That was good. That look, you know, it's, it's, it's now I got to that point where it's not just, you know, stick it in and it's automatic there. Uh, I need to, uh, I need to want you and I need to think mm -hmm. of those things that turn me on. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, there's, you know, Oh, well, I didn't please you. No, you're, I'm fine. You know, I'm going to get it later <laughs> and be clear and supportive in that. Um, you know, it's not always, uh, it happened last night, you know, I'm like, okay, it's been so long. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I had, I was thinking of too many things. It's like, okay. That's energy again, but it's also mm -hmm. the sort of the squirrel wheel of the mind, mm -hmm. right? Where you get on, you get on there and sometimes you are not helping the orgasm come <laughs> with all of the thinking. But right. if you can separate out what you get mm -hmm. at, and then mm -hmm. take care of yourself later or bring it back to the next encounter or whatever. Right. That's, you know, that's a sort of a sophisticated mm -hmm. way. Hours later, I was good. <laughs> to come up against, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the spirit is, is the spirit willing? I don't know. The flesh, I don't know. But, but you're banking mm -hmm. fantasy experience, things to, you know, right. move through again. I just think it's, I think it's wonderful to be able to do time traveling a little bit when you do that. Yeah. So my gen, my gender um, myth and stuff. So I spent some time as a sex worker and it was very useful for me to do this mm. um, as a sort of an adjunct knowledge gaining space. Mm -hmm. Plus I paid my rent, but, but it was, <laughs> it was info. It was heavy info. Um, gathering from a variety of people who are in my client world and it was it was so interesting to see 
um, almost all my clients were men, very, very rare exceptions. And um, it was so interesting to see how older men who weren't having erections and ejaculations in the way that they probably did some decades before either you know sort of came up against that as a barrier that was hard mm -hmm. for them to overcome or got creative mm -hmm. and i you know i had the fellow pull a cock ring out of his pocket i mm -hmm. had the guy with the briefcase full of sex toys there, there were all these all these people who you would never be able to pick out mm -hmm. if you, you know, pass them in the financial district or wherever it is that you might go past them, who were, I believe, utilizing a sex worker space as a permission space mm -hmm. to grow in certain directions, how they were in their home lives or other, mm -hmm. you know, non-paid partner lives. I have no idea. Some of them probably were very different with sex workers and, and some of them were probably basically being the same way. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that was interesting to me about that part of my experience is that um, the madam that I worked with was a couple decades older than me mm -hmm. and she still worked. She was certainly in her fifties at least when I knew her, if not maybe a little older. And this whole idea that was related to my, oh, I'm going to turn 40, it's going to shut off. Right, you know, right. like, a, like it, the kill switch is right. built into the mechanism. No, it's not. <laughs> the idea that I had that it was youth and beauty that was attractive to other people. Beauty can be very, very attractive and, and, and compelling and wonderful. And there's a whole other range of of attraction that's possible mm -hmm. and i was so glad to have that opportunity too to mm -hmm. see that right in right in my world because when i started to get menopausal honestly i've been a sexologist and a sex <laughs> educator for decades did they tell mm -hmm. me everything i needed mm -hmm. to look forward to about menopause and paramen <laughs> there was such a thing as paramenopause what the hell is even that Oh, that's when, that's when it starts a decade sooner than you thought it was going to. I guess no wonder my mother didn't ever mention that. Yeah. She was probably yeah. kind of distressed. So I she didn't had, know. That's what my well, sister said. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Every I day it's different. Right. Mom being a mess, and now I think maybe <laughs> right. I have some insight in, as to why that might be. And and just as with your your visits to the doctor, Tony, you know the mm -hmm. the. Would somebody in the world catch us up on what the variety of possibilities are, what we can expect, what mm -hmm. are things that we can do to get through and, you know, and, and get into the hot flashes or whatever it might be, <laughs> right? So I am really grateful that I have been living in a world where mm -hmm. at least you didn't have to stay silent about all of this. At Very least true. there are... And, and, and I don't want to leave it at at least because there mm -hmm. certainly have been pieces of like ways that that fantasy and role playing got even more important to me mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. Ways that 
kinky fantasies even when I'm masturbating. If it doesn't feel the same way as it did when I turn on the vibrator as it did 20 years ago, and it doesn't, it feels different now. Mm-hmm. There are ways that my dirty little brain can intersect mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. what is going on in my body. And we should never forget that, that, that the brain is so central. That I mean, kink allows us to, right. to, to let the brain be a maximum, even if you're not a sapiosexual, kink allows us to let the brain be a maximum um, part of our arousal and our experience Your because brain is an erogenous zone. It's an erogenous yes. zone where orgasm happens. Mm-hmm. It, lets us, it lets us inter uh, interleave and appreciate the sensations mm-hmm. that we haven't taught our sexual sensations, but anything that our nerves are processing for us, mm-hmm. you could eroticize. You know, there are mm-hmm. so many senses. All of them have erotic potential, except I've never known anybody to eroticize the pressure of cerebrospinal fluid. But out there somewhere, someone <laughs> is all, if I ever have to get a spinal tap, I'm gonna make the best of it. I guarantee it, because we're humans, and humans have more going on than anybody ever told us. Mm-hmm. We've got all the things going on. Not all of us have all the things. But all together, we have all the things. <laughs> a related example is that as humans, we can, under, we can stand any pain. Mm-hmm. Other animals can't do that. Mm-mm. Yeah. I think Dune, the movie Dune pointed that out one time. But Herbert wrote a story a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the central points, is how to mm-hmm. test for a human versus a not quite human. Yeah. Were they fully human or not? Mm-hmm. I think in my early uh, days around uh, kink and my, my first lover, uh, he, um, he introduced me to a few things, um, but I always felt that it was for somebody else's pleasure. I didn't have the introduction uh, then as I have now, you know, uh, and I think that's also uh, the myth around a lot of folks still poo-pooing it. Um, you know, they just see it as, oh, they're running around, you know, in a bunch of leather. Uh, first of all, I'm not wearing the same clothes as everybody else. Uh, but you, I, I went to watch a friend get fitted for leather and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, you get it measured to yourself and he looks hot in (laughs) in his leather pants. So it, it, it is, um, people have a different, or I, I did a different perception. Uh, but then when you really uh, uh, see how it feels and, and you get it fitted right, uh, I think uh, it just makes, it just, you know, makes you uh, into something else. And let's just talk about being a big, thick brother. Uh, you know, I'm in that category now. Uh, so, um, you know, what, what do I have to make me feel a little better? You know, so now I understand, or not, not better, but um, it, it is, it's like an armor or, or, um, you know, but, you know, I have a whole box of cock rings in there. So if you want one, you know, I'm like here, you know, and it's this and that and whatever. It's like jewelry. Um, <laughs> but I would have never, you know, I mean, I find them and I'm like, oh, I like that one and I like that one. So 
uh, I, I'm fascinated with all that stuff. Uh, and those, uh, uh, that, that crossing over to the uniform or uh, whatever it is to, to kind of take you there, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that now. I mean, you know, it's just like whatever you put on to go on a date, right? You put on, you know, your suit and your dress and you have your lingerie underneath. Uh, uh, okay, let's just talk about jock straps. I have never had so many goddamn <laughs> you know, jock straps in my life. And I remember I met this guy a couple of years ago and he was like changing jock straps like every five minutes. And I'm like, is he doing that for me? No, he's doing it for him. Uh, but that was his way of feeling good. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, uh, you're expanding. And, and like you said, Carl, you, as you get older, you find all the things and all of that works to heat that, um, that, erect, that orgasm up. And then I can think about, Oh, he looked good in that orange stripe drop strap. And you know, then it's in my head as I, I I'm coming. I'm like, Oh, okay. So all those little things are, I think it's fun. I mean, I'm like, Oh, okay. That was interesting. Uh, and I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you all my business. Uh, <laughs> it is that taboo. I don't want to say taboo, but, you know, yeah, smack me daddy or <laughs> hit me. You know, you start saying those little things. And I swear to God, I used to get so turned off by that because I didn't understand it. But, you know, smack me and call me Susan and pull my hair and, you know, it's on. Um, I'm still not. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be the right person to choke me. Uh, but, but I see that in the porn all the time, right? Like, what the hell is that? You know? And uh, so whatever it is that to, to get you going. Uh, but now I look for I look for clues. Uh, what I'm I'm such a critic now. I'm like, oh, he didn't really like that, <laughs> or that wasn't real. Like, oh, that's a different position. And then I tell my friend, oh, I, I saved this video for you. So that's been my new thing. Oh, I couldn't wait for you to see it, you know, and then you, you share it with somebody else. So that's my difference in porn right now. It's like I get to save it on my, you know, my device or whatever, and I get to show it to somebody else. Oh, you'll like this one. And then it's our little game. Uh, so. Yeah, young people would have, would be horrified to know <laughs> the technological hoops we had to jump through in the old days to save any damn porn oh, oh my goodness it was like it was like the dawn of time back then oh how about fast forwarding <laughs> the tape or the cd you know yeah. it's like uh I, that used to drive me nuts uh, yeah oh <laughs> um, this is this is fantastic. Um, so I really do hear you addressing a lot of the like sexually, uh, like the a lot of sexual assumptions that are mm -hmm. there. How to get beyond that? Um, having confidence, seeing attractiveness in um, in in different ways, and like mm -hmm. that element of I I love the kink community too, where it's like you know if I could just put on some ruffles or something <laughs> with a little strap right here, like all of a sudden I just gained like twelve hotness points, mm -hmm. not that they weren't there to begin with. <laughs> Um, but like it's that internal conversation mm -hmm. um, we have a comment uh, on your conversation earlier I was so disappointed in my own generation of elders who did not prepare me for the changes in my body like mm. perimenopause and menopause for mm -hmm. fuck's sake like 
yeah and yeah yeah. i i don't remember aunties or my mother you know you just didn't talk about it i don't remember my father probably did so she probably (laughs) you know wrecked him on it but i think you you just didn't talk about that stuff that was so private you know my only warning was (coughs) sorry (laughs) my only warning was the hot flashes Mm. that's the only Mm -hmm. thing you told me to watch out for right what is that right I, I do have to say there were certain women in my life that I work with that flipped the fuck out. And now when I think about it, they were going through menopause and it's like, you know, they kind of went crazy on the job and then sort of, you know, left. And when I think about it, cause I had somebody uh, close to me do the same thing. I'm like, Oh my God, that's what that was. So there's so much that happens out in the community in your job and a boss uh, uh, employee relationship, you know, your parents or whatever, it's all due to that. And we just don't make space for that and, and, and uh, talk to somebody about that until you blow up uh, uh, and whatever. But my, my sister just kills me. She was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Every day she like has something different. Um, but she uh, and her husband, um, so she has a whole closet full of like heels and fishnet stockings. And I'm like, go girl. I, I just never thought my sister would do that. But yeah, they, she did. And, you know, she just said you have to, it's almost like pulling off layers. <laughs> and she talks about, I dress up and then I'm too hot. <laughs> So right. you figure it out and you, you work it out. But your partner, uh, I, um, I have to say, my brother-in-law is very supportive. And, uh, you know, some, I just think that would make me crazy, you know, especially sleeping with somebody that's either hot or cold or whatever. Uh, they have separate beds now, you know, and that's okay. Um, and I think back in the day, I would have been upset, you know, oh, you don't want to sleep with me. I understand separate homes. I understand <laughs> separate states. You know, come see me on Friday night. I want to be Marlo Thomas. I know, you know, Donald's coming and we'll have our date and that's it. You know, and I don't have to worry about it. But now, you know, there's just so much going on. Um, but I wanted to say something else. Oh, um, so back to the energy thing. And, and I was trying to explain this to uh, I teach a class at church. And uh, uh, I think that's another big thing is that uh, we don't talk about that energy and that exchange and that intimacy uh, uh, and, and kink has that. Yeah. And I didn't think it did. And um, I get it. <laughs> you know what? If I had a contract, <laughs> you just told me, okay, this is what, uh, this is what happens, blah, 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 you know. I understand it. I, I, I know my, you know, I know what it is, but you put that energy to it and it's, it's something you, um, uh, look forward to, um, uh, and you, you, you just keep trying things until, you know, you feel something. Uh, but I used to think it was a lack of something. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, oh, they're doing that because, you know, because uh, they're disconnected. Right, right. Because right? they want to wear leather. <laughs> yeah. They want to be a motorcycle player. Like, no. You know, 
but now I understand that that uh, you're creating that energy and that 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 uh, intimacy uh, around you to build up to you know add to the fire. Uh, 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 but one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Let's just talk about the pills. So the urologist says to me, <laughs> he was like, "Well, do you need some Viagra?" You know, and I'm like, "What do I need that for?" And that's another thing, you know, he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm like, then I called my friends up, like, should I have some in the house? You know, do I have, <laughs> just in case, and I'm like, well, how long does it take to kick in? So well, all these, these things you have to think about now. So I had a date, and the person came over and said, I forgot to take my pill. I'm like, okay, well, the thing didn't move. And I'm like, you forgot to take your fucking pill. <laughs> so that, that also, so I got a prescription just in case somebody comes to my house and they didn't take their pill. Um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I, you know, thought about it and at least called my friends up and was like, okay, well, what, you know, should I have some pills? But again, if you don't know what to do, you don't know how to, um, uh, talk about it, uh, you know, you're, you're stuck and you don't know what to do. Then one of my friends like, there's something called rhinos they sell at the corner store. Oh yeah, they're $20 a pill. So it's some sort of natural thing. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm teaching you, teaching you some new stuff. Be careful um, with that stuff. Exactly. Be careful with that. Yeah. Nobody like pays any attention to what's right, in exactly. that. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, the, the comment really made me think that we are, mm -hmm. we are talking so frankly about um, changes in the body, ailments, mm -hmm. menopause, whatever, whatever, um, as well as sex and erotic and kink play mm -hmm. in this, in this discussion. But you know, I think in the sex positive world, there is a little bit of a, a bias against or mm. away from, um, I'm just riffing here, so I'm not mm -hmm. sure I'm saying a fact or, or just something that's my impression, but mm -hmm. a little bit of, of a, a hesitation about talking about things that get in the way of mm -hmm. us going, we're enjoying sex now <laughs> we have overcome our shame and our fear and we're we've stepped into a whole new world where we can be comfortable and sexy and hot and everything but then we start having to talk about some shit again and mm -hmm. i think that that is a little taboo in some areas yeah. i think that's part of why somebody might not have warned you about perimenopause and menopause mm -hmm. and changes and things like that there's also the over there it looks like this and over here it looks like that mm -hmm. so you can't always assume that your perimenopausal friends mm -hmm. did it the same way you're going to do it there's that but having a at least a freaking menu list of the things that might go down <laughs> mm -hmm. that might be good <laughs> well, and i go back to the the pill thing and there's other you know ways that i know another friend he stick, he shoots something in yeah. his penis but those are also, I, I didn't know about that until, you know, I had it. And I, I, so I said something to my friends. I'm like, we talk about fucking and sucking 
uh, constantly, but nobody talks about all these things that are happening, you know, blood pressure medicine, uh, uh, that you have prostate issue, that you're taking pills, you're doing injection, you know, where's the manual? <laughs> you know, where is the book? Uh, and, you know, gay men, we, we oh, over 50, I'm not going to have sex anymore, but all these things is to help you continue to go. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. And I, I, I had that group of people and I, I went through this. I, I can't tell you I'm the poster boy for prostate cancer and, and, and um, uh, what else did I have? Uh, stones. That's another thing. Uh, you know, if I hadn't gone through that, uh, I wouldn't have found out all the good stuff that uh, was going on and now I've gotten through that but uh, you know even you know having pills and, and what it what it does uh, for your other meds so that's the whole that's another conversation I'm reading my meds <laughs> these two depress me this one take up oh, I'm gonna grow tits or, or you know I'm what <laughs> and then another one oh okay so my pipes or open so <laughs> the yeah see again we just take a pill or take oh here's the, my prescription and I, I'm gonna take them I looked at exactly what I was taking because I'm like okay something is, is is wrong there was one combination I took that I had to stop because I was itching <laughs> I thought I had fleas yeah. And I, you know, my body was crawling and I'm like, what is going on? So again, that was another thing. And I know I'm crossing over, I'm, I'm getting better, but when you're on meds and, and my favorite one is the, the, the one that keeps my, for kidney stones. So all my pipes were open. I am up every hour. <laughs> you know how hard that is when you're trying to come and you got to pee every hour. Okay. So try to work that. And then I can't, you know, don't not take the diuretic because then my leg swells up. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> at, at Good Vibrations, it's been really, it's been very interesting to talk to customers who come in because their doctor sends them in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's the, somebody's got hemorrhoids and the doctor thinks that they should mm -hmm. get a little butt plug. Mm -hmm. Somebody has a rectal issues and the doctor knows where the cock rings are. <laughs> those kinds mm -hmm. of those kinds of things. There's the you know pelvic floor need to exercise the pelvic floor. There's all the things. And when you start talking to people who are starting mm -hmm. to have some physical mm -hmm. ailment related sex changes, and that mm -hmm. isn't always just older people, but of course older people. No. You know, we're in the we're in the bullseye somewhere to have some of right. those kinds of changes if we're right. lucky enough to get old enough to be in that range, and it, which beats some of the alternatives, I might add. <laughs> um, it's it's so rare for those folks to have heard anywhere, anywhere, sometimes even from their doctor, mm -hmm. that there are physical ailments that can cause changes in your sexual functioning. Yep. But there are also changes in sexual function that come from some of the drugs mm -hmm. that heal you or, or pr protect you in those situations. And oh. the one that I the, the one that I think is especially relevant to younger people as well as older people mm -hmm. is that depression oh, can yeah. stop you from feeling pleasure with orgasm. Mm -hmm. It can make, take your arousal away altogether. It can make mm -hmm. it take a year and a half to have an orgasm. All that stuff. 
and then you medicate your depression and you feel so much better but the medication does that kind right. of thing to you as well so you know right back to what you said about mm -hmm. having to be able to talk to your medical providers right. or you know if you're a, if you're a natural a natural person whoever the mm -hmm. provider is, you know who whoever down at the the dispensary helps you figure mm -hmm. out which thing to take for whatever it is mm -hmm. being able to talk frankly about sexuality yeah. all of these circumstances and how so it important. affects the pipes <laughs> and, so important yeah, everything with you yeah no and we I, and then back to even the, uh, I think somebody asked the question, you know, I don't remember anybody in my family talking about that. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you got the sugar, you got the blood. Well, I'm, I'll just go back to even the blood pressure pill. Oh, I'm taking blood pressure, you know, like whatever it is. I'm like, okay, do I need to take it? Like, how do I get off of it? You know, but it was, it was just, okay, you're on it now. I'm like, no, you know, um, okay, I get it. But how do I get off of it? Yeah. And everyone just, you know, in my family, everybody's like, oh, I take a blood pressure pill. And I'm like, okay, do you know you can start to get off of that? What is, what is it? Um, so again, you're not, um, you're not the pills, <laughs> you know, and figure out what it's doing to your body. Um, Exercise, what's in your diet, alcohol, other party things, cigarettes. Mm -hmm. All of those things will affect. Can't, can't go up when you go go down. Yeah, especially when you get to midlife and later. But some, mm -hmm. for for some people who are younger too, all of those things affect blood flow to the junk. Whatever you like to do with the junk, it could be very old fashioned and ordinary. It could be mm -hmm. very creative and newfangled. Whatever it is, <laughs> if you want there to be sensation and function mm -hmm. that way. Think about those things too, and most doctors aren't trained about that mm -hmm. stuff either. No. They're like, "How much do you exercise?" Well, mm -hmm. let's just take some walks, put on our little mask. Mm -hmm. It's like the only thing we can do anymore. We can't go out dancing in a huge mm -hmm. group of people who are dancing right next to us, but we can do that, and it makes a difference in whether or not we can get erect, whether we can get aroused. Mm -hmm. And then, if you want, you know, want to get the 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 cock bondage out or put little mm -hmm. clips on the labia or any of that stuff that's your own business but first try to get to health you know and i mean yeah. that's really what you're asking the doctor to tell you yeah. how do i get to health you know what's the what's the well-being space that allows me to have my body back mm -hmm. in the way that i need it to enjoy myself and or what are some other things that my body can experience that nobody ever actually gave me permission or information mm -hmm. about? Let's find out about those things too. Yes. Um, so we have a question from Mix Wilcox. Um, okay. I'm curious about what it means to you all to be elders in the community. I'm moving into eldership myself and trying mm -hmm. to find my way. I am the poster boy. I'm sorry, I am not going out like that. And we uh, at the AIDS Foundation, we are now um, uh, creating a new division called HIV and Aging. Uh, so again, that's part of uh, the community is living longer uh, because of the HIV, uh, HIV drugs. And we're having these same conversations. Well, what does that feel like at 60 and 70? And uh, I'm still taking this pill and that pill. and how do I, uh, uh, you know, how do I 
how do I function out there? And, you know, I, um, I say all the time, like, you know, go to a bathhouse, go to, you know, go one in Berkeley. I said, you know, figure out what you, 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 it does for you. You know, you are not, you know, you're not dead, you know? Uh, so even with this COVID-19, I said to my friend, I'm like, what did we do before, you know, when we were going through this? He goes, we went to the gay bar and picked up somebody, but now you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> so COVID really, I've never seen so much porn in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, figure out what it is to, um, you know, Zoom, you know, you can do the, uh, the little naked thing or whatever that is. I, it, check the lighting first just to make sure you you look good but that is so such a new way to uh uh communicate this way where you can't can't touch and i it, this has forced us to to uh uh be more creative but uh back to the aging um i said penis the other day uh and i was talking about my my prostate issue and two people came up to me, oh, you know, you can't say penis. I'm like, this is exactly why um, our communities <laughs> and men are, are not talking about it. There is, and, and as I get older, I'm talking, you know, and I think I'm giving myself permission and I'm hoping the people around me get the same permission to talk about it. There is such a properness or, or whatever that, that, that thing is that, you know, nobody wants to talk about sex or, oh, you know, we don't say penis or whatever. I should say cock or, you know, maybe you'll hear it. Um, but men, and I'll just speak for myself, you know, sometimes they don't even look at it. They don't even know to see the changes. My, my brother-in-law, you know, he wasn't peeing for like months and he never told my sister. And you know, she was like, how do you not know you're, you know, you, you think that that was okay. He just, you know, uh, he was embarrassed to talk about it. Uh, so we have to, as get older, as we get older, break those norms. Uh, and, and I'm not dead, you know, uh, there's daddy hunt and there, you know, there's all these, uh, websites and here's my biggest thing. It's okay to pay for it. <laughs> you get for what you want. Um, I would, I did think of that, you know, years ago when I was 22, I'm like, oh, I'm not paying for it. I can get it free. Um, put it away. <laughs> okay. I have to shoot it. One of the, uh, so they call it trade or, you know, like on the street uh, down in some of the communities. And one of my friends is like, well, no, you tear the 20 in half. He gets the, <laughs> he gets the 20 when he, he, he he comes in and he gets the other half once he completes the you know the act and I'm like it costs twenty dollars. Oh my! But my friend he budgets his sex but his sex money each month, so he knows how much he's spending towards whoever is going to do it for you. I thought that was brilliant, and it's okay to do that. And, you know, so you, 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 you do you as you get older and, uh, you know, as you hit your fifties and they say, oh, it's fabulous. You don't, you don't give a care anymore. No, you care, but you're going to push, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I'm living to a hundred and I'm not going out 
you know, like sex doesn't stop at 50. Um, so if you need to tie it, buy it, <laughs> see it, <laughs> you know, figure that out. And that's just as important as putting food in your, um, your refrigerator is your, your sex and your appetite. I think we don't value uh, it enough when we get older. Did I answer that question? <laughs> so I think, and that's where I'm going. So um, you'll see me on the poster boards uh, everywhere talking about, you know, figure out, you know, what your pee-pee does and what it's not doing. My biggest thing is know where the prostate, prostate is. You know, that's another thing. Oh, I don't know where it is. What is it? Yeah. Stick a finger up there, you know. Oh, I said that too one time. They didn't like that. <laughs> I'm hearing that it's really important to just be willing to have these conversations. Exactly. Like, just, yeah, because people aren't doing it. There's not enough safe spaces. Right. And um, mm, um, they are looking for conversations around, like, leadership. So I know you spoke to, mm -hmm. like, what you're doing with San Francisco yeah. AIDS Foundation. Carol, I know you do a lot of work yeah. in the community. Um, so yeah, like ways that they can contribute back to the community. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's important and have the conversations. And just like Carol was saying, where we were teaching HIV education 20 years ago, now I'm teaching, uh, you know, how to grow old and how to have sex and how to, uh, you know, keep your apartment and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, fight for what you, we never thought we were going to get older, <laughs> some gay folks. Right. And especially when you, you know, you're living with HIV. Um, so it's a whole new, like I said, division and, uh, those conversations, uh, in those classes is what, you know, and I love writing curricula. So that's the kind of stuff because Carol will be coming in, <laughs> having a sex talk soon, uh, you know, and that's important that they hear people, they see people talk about it and it's not embarrassing, you know, uh, especially if you got a is issue. Um. I right on. <laughs> yes, and I, I mean I want to. Mm -hmm. Wendy, do you want to speak to this one too? I've got some thoughts about this. You guys are doing fine. <laughs> well, and Wendy, I love you know how long you've been in in uh, that uh, in in uh, um, the uh, pony thing, and that's that's that defines you, and and. And, and I would love people to see that and know that. And, and you know, it's like a bowling league. <laughs> I've, I've been in funny, funny um, gear for as long as 68 yeah. hours at a time. So I'm used to it. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, I was, I was fascinated. And then I got, I understood it. I'm like, oh, okay. There was a camaraderie. There was a, a you know, it was a handler and the cart carriage and the person, uh, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I, I was jealous. So, very elegant. <laughs> also so elegant. Um, so I, I really love this question and I wonder, mm -hmm. I wonder if I've thought enough about it. So, but, but let me, let me just say a couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what elder, what, what getting to an elder space has meant to me is that the history that I've lived is, ever more important to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's sort of the bottom line out of which I answer your question and also what it's, it also helps me um, 
sort of find myself in a changing time, right? I mean, one of the things I'm sure that many of us on this call have, have lived in these communities long enough to hear different kinds of terminology come into use and, and the, the need to um, step up around issues of identity that weren't issues mm -hmm. of identity that surrounded us when we were kids or pups mm -hmm. or whatever it is that we were, right? And, and trying, to, trying to sort of step into the now of our, of our identity communities uh, when we came from a somewhat different place mm -hmm. that also had so much um, that we can compare the present to. Like I keep telling people when I go out and, and speak that, you know, the things that are going on in our politics and our culture now are not brand new. You know, mm -hmm. marriage equality is not especially new. We were talking about that when I came out in 1974. The thing that's different mm -hmm. is that it hadn't gotten to the Supreme Court yet. It hadn't <laughs> even gotten to any courts yet. Mm -hmm. It was decades of putting one foot after the other, you know, some people not thinking that that was their priority, some people feeling like they were queer and they were past all that stuff. But we, and, and, and many of those people gave us the polyamory community as well as the, you know, the hetero poly people who, who also, you know, came, came together with us in that way. And I just think it's really, I think it's really important for us to know our history even if we're fully aware now that we're in a generation that is different from that history, mm -hmm. if we don't know the history, we don't know what the mistakes were and the successes, we don't know what the dangers are as clearly, um, we, can, we can get more of that information from the mainstream now than it used to be that you could. Mm -hmm. But as our discussion, you know, this has been a wide-ranging discussion, and the thing that I'm really going to take away from it, I think, is the we're still not talking about enough stuff. Mm -mm. We're still not letting <laughs> mm -mm. people in enough on diversity issues. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, when I use that term right now, I'm talking about sexual diversity, but of course, mm -hmm. you know, race oppression, there's, there's mm -hmm. this is a, this is a hell of a year and it's a hell of a year in ways that are also bringing mm -hmm. things home that still need work, that mm -hmm. still need, us to step up right so so those things are what are so important to me um stepping into elderhood you know thinking back about how we didn't do enough before mm -hmm. thinking about what the circumstances were that 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 stopped us from that mm -hmm. um what steps we were able to take how we can teach about that now and mm -hmm. and you notice none of that stuff that i'm talking about yet has to anything to do with you know, sort of introducing sexual options to people except as mm -hmm. far as um identities and communities are concerned right the the, mm -hmm. the human rights piece all of that stuff the politicized stuff but the internet I, you know, I said before, I said at the very beginning, the internet changed things. And it wasn't just in the, in the kink world. The internet changed things and it changed some things very much for the better. And it's, as we look around us, mm -hmm. 
hi, Michigan, changed mm-hmm. things very much for mm-hmm. the worse. Mm-hmm. Both. And I really want to make sure that people who are several decades younger than me mm-hmm. understand both sides of those changes because the internet is very, very, very broad, mm-hmm. but it is not very deep when it comes to looking for the detail of what our lives were like back in the day, back before 2000, kind of forget about it. You know, if you want to get any detail about that, you come ask an older person in person. Or or, read a book. Or you look (laughs) for the historians. Our Uh childhood, our youth is now in the hands of historians. I've learned Mm -hmm. more about the the details of Stonewall Mm -hmm. from historians in the last three years than I knew from my community. And I came out less than five years after Stonewall. Mm -hmm right? So there's always going to be more stuff that we didn't get when we were running around as a bunch of wild kids trying to figure out who we were going to be. But those Mm -hmm. gangs of wild kids getting Mm -hmm. into it, getting into trouble, getting, figuring out who our people were, who Mm -hmm. the appropriate people to want to have sex were, all of the, what Mm -hmm. our identity was growing into being. Mm -hmm. Those gangs of young people all across the country turned into elders how did that even happen mm-hmm. right i i see i blinked and it happened <laughs> that, that problem of age coming after all of us yeah yeah um and one thing i before my brain uh drops off the other piece that i want to say and this just to the question um how to be social and and older um Standing in a gay bar, what a what a what a uh, Miller, you know, you can't do that till you you know ninety or whatever. Um, so what I talk about a lot, um, what is your extracurricular activities? You know, which are and I I made a joke about the bowling league, but you you got to learn to live and and do something, uh, uh, the social and and expand your 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 um. Uh, circle of, of friends and I think some folks didn't learn that as they were coming up you know oh yeah I don't go to the Castro and, and just using San Francisco uh, so you know or I was in, I'm in recovery and I don't go to the bars well you know are you flower arranging or you know uh, I play tennis mm-hmm. um, I have uh, a bunch of friends that I'm in the uh, color guard drum corps you know, we go to um, competitions, uh, I judge, you know, there's so many things I do. Um, and I talk to people, I'm like, well, what do you do? Well, I just go home. I'm like, you've got to find a, a, a thing. And, and, and that's the, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember if my uh, dad, you know, joined a club or something, you know, they had a place they went. <laughs> they all sat around with the other old people. Uh, but again, that was a social hall. And I think, uh, you know, it might not have uh, uh, been around drinking, but how do we get people to uh, do something different and get out of their um, apartment? So uh, back with uh, Carol was saying too, you know, we're trying to do mobilization, especially right now, you know, uh, you know, get on the internet, call, you know, do those kind of things, do what you do, you know, maybe what your, um, uh, your vocation was. Go volunteer, go teach classes, you know, go uh, into the schools. There's so many things 
you can do. And COVID-19, you know, shut it down. But when I, you know, when we get back to normal, those are the kind of things that I'm going to talk about with uh, HIV and aging. You are not sitting down on the couch, you know, watching your stories. There's only three stories now. Uh, get out and do something. You know, guess what? Gay people are allowed in the schools now. You could go in and talk to students and, and teach. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, or, or the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, you know, I um, uh, uh, I talk about being a mentor uh, to these guys too. You know, go uh, give back. Um, and I think we just never had that framework, you know, as we were getting older. Like we should have been told in 40, like you better start thinking about you know, what you're going to do, uh, you know, after five o'clock, you know, after CNN goes off. You know, Tony, um, I think that's, a, this is so yeah. important. And I think <sighs> it's important to say, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we know that, that as uh, LGBT people age, mm -hmm. sometimes um, it's tempting or necessary to go back in the closet. Mm -hmm. So there is a certain level that those of us who are privileged to stay out mm -hmm. can do to continue to keep links uh, of, of community and connection to those mm -hmm. folks. Um, if, it's, if it's we who are needing to go into the closet on some level, I mean, mm -hmm. how many people had to move somewhere to go live with relatives or whatever because right. of COVID? Right. You know, this is a thing right now, <laughs> I'm sure. And, you know, the, how many of the kinky people out there can not tell most of the people that they know in their lives mm -hmm. that they are kinky? So these mm -hmm. kinds of links, even if they are only over the phone with people that you've known or, mm -hmm. uh, or via Zoom or whatever, but also if there's something in your community that allows you to go someplace where more progressive people mm -hmm. gather... Mm -hmm. You've got a little more chance of finding yes. people who are like, well, sure, you're queer. Sure, you're yep. kinky in those, you know, I'm not, I'm your not tribe. how to vote. Well, yes, I am. But I'm also saying that where are the people I know, I know people who have, when it was time to go back to church, mm -hmm. headed to, um, headed to the more, uh, Unitarian side of things mm -hmm. in order to know that they would be fully welcomed as who mm -hmm. they were. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's, there's pieces that have to do with our sexual connection and our ability yeah. to feel pleasure. And there's things that have to do with our human connection yeah. and our ability to find the people that make space for us um, mm -hmm. so that we feel as though we're part of the mm -hmm. community that we need to be. Yes. Oh, panelists, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, this you mean we're stopping? We can't, we can't keep going? <laughs> it is three on the dot, clearly. Oh no wonder I'm hungry. <laughs> we are going to have to uh, have more of these conversations. Just to the last thing that I heard you all really sharing is really putting it out there that the conversations that we missed growing up, the things that we mm -hmm. would have wanted someone to say to us, wanted to hear, wanted to know, we mm -hmm. now have the opportunity to deliver that. Not yeah. just amongst ourselves and our bubbles, but like to the younger generations and the younger and to really keep it open because unless we take a stand, it will be systematically dismantled, mm -hmm. as you pointed out, Carol. So thank you so much for that. 
there's information about all of the panelists on the Chase Not Chase website. Please tune in and learn more about us. Um, this, uh, I'm Nika Sherell. You can find more about my podcast on YouTube, the ITCAST, Real Talk on Sex, Increasing Diversity in Conversations on Health and Sexuality. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to the Knowledge Collective, our host for the weekend. Thank you so much to all the panelists. And thank you, Nika, for putting that all together. Um, I had such a great time listening to everyone and, you know, thinking about my